Hello, welcome to Five Better Podcast. It is a guy speaking here. I'm joined as ever, as always, with Jim. Hi, Jim. Hello. Uh, you can probably guess there by the fact that Jim did a very humorous hello. We're doing a, a Halloween-themed uh, podcast, and we're looking at this, I'd probably say it's an iconic song for Halloween, Jim, wouldn't you? The Monster Mash? It's, it doesn't come, doesn't come any better than that, does it? I mean, I'm, I'm sure it does, but... It's a tricky, tricky one. What, what I, I thought about... Well, I won't mention what I thought about because this song could come up as one of the songs that I've picked, but there's quite mm. a few Halloween songs this time of year get banded around. Uh, I like Halloween probably better than Christmas because at least Halloween's done within two weeks, probably. We build up night of Halloween and it's done. Oh, yeah, you mean the, like the market? Yeah, yeah, the lead up to it is a, it's just so, it's so much softer. And, so and I was going to say they're both a day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but Christmas adverts start in yeah, September. That so, is true. Yeah. It's true. It's, it's, it's much more easier to, uh, to deal with. But anyway, Monster Mash is our tune. Right, let's have a listen to the Monster Mash by Bobby Boris Pickett. Born in the castle east, to the master bedroom where the vampires peace. The ghouls all came from their humble abode to get a jolt from my electrode. They did the mash. They did the Monster Mash. The Monster Mash. Can you do a good Boris Karloff impression? Well, I can do his vocals for that. Go on then. <laughs> he was working in the lab late one night. There we go. I mean, that's that, amazing. That, that, I love the fact he does a silly voice in that as well. I think that's um, that's an absolute cracker. Uh, it's very kitsch. This song. It's very niche. Um, you don't want to listen to it other times of the year. I don't think I could. It's quite novelty. It's very novelty. It's very novelty. Yeah, 1962 it was released. That's old, isn't it? That is old, it's really <laughs> old. It's one of those ones you kind of... It, the lyrics on it are insane, aren't they? I mean, it's just basically... From, it's 1962, and he goes through all of the Hammer Horror and uh, B-movies mm. and just, like, lists through them. I mean, it must have been... Basically, the guy was clearly a horror movie aficionado who just went through... The whole, the whole pantheon. I think he did the, uh, from what I, what I heard, what I read, that he, uh, Bobby Pickett did it as a joke, like in one, mm. uh, one, did a gig with the band and then did a like, sort of Boris Karloff impression and someone said, yeah, that's good, keep that. Yeah. <laughs> Little did he know that he'd be playing it to his very last dying days in 2007 when he, whenever he died. Um, and unfortunately, it was the only song he ever had a hit with. The, the, the Karloff idea didn't work in any of his other things. No, it didn't, did it? Who, I mean... You know, he wasn't there going... Oh, my love, my, my darling. <laughs> what, what else could you talk about in terms of a person who's done an impression of someone and then has had to stick with it for the rest of his well, career? Do you know what? This, this song um, comes, into what, comes into a category that I've mentioned a song in before. I know what you're going to say. Sam Sham and the Fairies. Yeah, yeah, Wooly Bully, which yeah. I think I texted you about the other day because yeah, I heard yeah. it on the radio and reminded me of you. Um, yeah, and it's very. I like the idea. It's kind of the, also the, the reference to sort of the, uh, the mashed potato dance, well. mm. um, and it, it's a, it's a swinger, isn't it? This song it kind of gets you, it does get you up a little bit. Um, again, I don't think I've ever heard it outside of early no. to late October, and then no. that's it. It's done. It's never played again. And it's one of those ones. It's actually quite a good song. It's you know it's quite clever in its lyrics. The music is quite good. It's got like it's, it's traditional sort of mashed potato yeah. vibe to it, like you're saying with the the mash. Um, it's got that 
I mean, it's very... It's very 60s. 60s. It's very 60s. It's very of the time. Now, did you know, and uh, we're going to harp back again, not that I've got a grudge against the BBC, but mm. did you know they banned it as well? They, were, they said it was too morbid. I tell you what, <laughs> after six music's effort on finding five <laughs> better songs or something the other day, uh, me and the BBC are done. I'm telling you. I don't, uh, I don't, I don't even watch EastEnders anymore. I couldn't watch it. Not since, not since uh, Roly, Roland the dog died. I thought you were talking about <laughs> Roland from Grange Hill. That would have been... <laughs> you know, the big fat one. The dog, yeah. Oh. I thought that was Wellard. No, Roland was Angie and Den's dog. Ah. The poodle, remember? Dirty Den's dad's dog dead. Hello, princess. What's that one? Ken Dodd's dad's dog's dead. Another one who... I say who didn't die for it, just Ken Dodd. Ken Dodd. Or his dog. Or <laughs> <laughs> his dad. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah but actually, but, I mean, Bobby Pickett had that very sort of same sort of sense of silliness, which is what the tickle yeah. then uh, kind of, I thought, that idea had with it. Yeah, with yeah. No, it's, it's good. I, I do like it as a song. Um, it's got the sound of a cauldron bubbling, bubbling away. I mean, what, you can't not like it. Yeah. There's... Like, there's mentions of everybody, isn't there, as well? There's, like, the mention Bella of the... Bella Lugosi. Bella yeah, yeah, yeah. mention of the wolf, uh, werewolf. Yeah. Um, the werewolf. It's just... No, it's good. It's good. It's happy as well. It's fun. It's a bit Halloween-y. It's, like, I suppose Americans like Halloween more than we do. They I, do. I'm, I've got to be honest. I'm, I hate Halloween. I'm miserable with it. Okay, I'm, I'm against you, I'm afraid. Sorry, I'm against you. I, I quite like Halloween. I get, for the reasons I said, it's over and done quickly. I can take my kids out, hopefully safely, without getting egged or spat mm. on or snabbed. Um, sorry about that. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were her monster. Um, and if anything, I like Halloween for the iconic E.T. moment when they took him around and he had a little sheet on his head. Walking <laughs> around. Well, you should have wiped that off. <laughs> So, yeah, Halloween, love it. But anyway, we're going to try and find five better songs. Okay, so we're, we're at Loggerheads song. already, because I hate Halloween. <laughs> I, I hate Halloween apart from this song. And, uh, well, I love Halloween, and I hate this song, so uh, this is going to be interesting. Anyway, uh, here we go. Well, of course, we can't go... Uh, uh, we, I don't think we can go an episode without mentioning these two guys, Chaz and Dave. And, of course, we had the sad news that Chaz Hodges died. Um, yeah. Uh, a few weeks back and uh, shame that really shame because I actually think I think he kind of came out after all the sort of tributes that he was really well respected uh, not as a, just as a good person but as just a really good musician yeah I think so I think he, again he suffered from the kitsch uh, he suffered from the sort of that early 80s backlash didn't mm. he when, when it, everything became too cool for school um, but I think having yeah uh, you know he, he, he appeared on Guilty Pleasures after a while, didn't yeah, he? And that, yeah. and that kind of really brought Chaz and Dave back into the into the thing. And, and you know, obviously, one for you, because you've supported him in the past. I, as I think we said in the, maybe in the last episode or the episode before that, yeah, I was indeed support, way down the list of like, support acts. I was like 10, 10 hours behind. But uh, it's still a support. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, technically, we, it could be a different night. <laughs> we'd, we, we'd actually left. I was posing as the manager at this point just to get a free drink from the barman. <laughs> And uh, and we were talking about Chaz Hodges to the barman, and then we left before, you, <laughs> before we saw. Him. So the chance was there, but we blew it because we had to go home. <laughs> but also, it was a Sunday. We had work. 
and uh, exactly. we both had kids, and the um, idea of doing a ten-hour drinking marathon no, just didn't, to see didn't appeal at that point. But, you know, but he did play that, and that was in the Harringay Arms in Crouch End, mm. which is it was a local uh, boy, wasn't he? Edmonton, I think it was. Yeah. He was born, but like, yeah, really, real shame and uh, quite a fascinating life. I think I heard a documentary on radio about him saying how he's. I think he ended up supporting some American artist who came over in the sort of late fifties, early sixties, and he ended up playing and touring with him. Uh, I think as a guitar player initially, and then yeah, just solid. Solid musician, and again, like I say, people think uh, Chas and Dave are a bit of a novelty, but actually, they're, they're really good. And the last sort of, uh, I think it was the last BBC performance they did on NATO, which was mm. really, it's really poignant now. You watch it um, also because they're quite old. I think yeah. Chas was just slightly older, perhaps, than Dave. Um, yeah, shame, real, real shame, sad, sad loss to music. They, Almost out of the blue as well, I think, wasn't it? You know, he, yeah, I think so. Yeah, because also, I yeah, mean, there was all the really Dave, Dave had been quite ill. And there was all yep. the talk of Dave, and was it a different Dave? Um, could he even be called Dave anymore? And then the original Dave. Do you lose Dave if you're not here? No, they didn't. Wasn't there? There was a big thing about ten years ago about Jazz and Dave were touring, but it wasn't actually Dave that was Dave. Well, who was it? It was someone else. Rodney. David, <laughs> no, well, David <laughs> Lake, yeah, probably. <laughs> and it turns out Trigger had been uh, writing about them. <laughs> All this time, but no, they uh, like there was a big thing. Dave isn't Dave. Um, I mean, it turned out he was Dave. But Just then he, didn't well, he? Dave had cancer as well. Dave had cancer. I think also his wife. His wife then died. But like, yeah, that was a um, yeah. that was a while. Back. But yeah, it's a, sh- it's a shame. But there you go. Un's okay Dave. though. Un is still around. I don't un, think I don't think Un could go out on his own now. No. Look a bit odd. It just it fits into other double S. <laughs> <laughs> it could be uh, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Peter's and Lee. <laughs> Peter's and Lee. Well, they can't toy. I mean, you've, well, you've chosen some dead artists already. <laughs> well, that's where he started. Also, who's to say you can't go as Undave? Undave. <laughs> Undave. <laughs> um, anyway, there you go. That's, so, yeah, God, God bless you, Chaz. Uh, yeah, rest easy, dear boy. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, so that's... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I've just turned into... <laughs> Some person who doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> I haven't just turned into that. Sorry. <laughs> I turned into a late late night bar. Well, you uh, know you know what you're doing, Nick. Because we're, we're in a sort of, we are in a late night kind of bar, aren't we? Well, uh, it's a it's a theatre. Yes. Slash. It's a cinema, but it's a, it's, a, it's the art house in Crouch. The art house in Crouch. They've been good enough to lane us the upstairs to um, to record the, record record the podcast. So thank thanks to them for that. Um, always happy to plug. It's great actually. I I do like it here. Always happy to plug the places, especially if they're good. I mean, we've seen uh, we saw Joe Brand here, didn't we? Did we did see Joe Brand. It was Richard Herring, good. yeah, yes. very good. Uh, it's a good little cinema as well. Actually, it's quite nice. I'm quite apt being here for the Halloween special because mm. of uh, the recent Halloween. Uh, latest kind of instalment, isn't it? Mm. Which mm. has just been released. So uh, I'm not sure what I feel about that. I like I like Michael Myers, the Halloween person, not not, not the uh, yeah baby <laughs> character. <laughs> so, um, I like I like the character of Mike Myers because I think he's the creepiest bloody baddie of the film. I think it could be. Yeah, I, this is uh, this probably is why I hate Halloween. I hate oh, horror God. movies. Oh come on! I can't. I've ne- I, ne- I can't watch horror movies. I'm too scared. I don't even. Oh, I don't even oh, okay. it. I'm it's not because you diss them. Because no, you don't no, I don't diss them. Because you generally don't like them. Generally, I've never really been able to watch horror movies because they, 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 
I don't know, I suppose as a, as a kid, the thought of them terrified me, and so I've never really watched them. Um, it's like we, we, there's a poster about John Carpenter films downstairs in here for autumn, which uh, you know I love John Car- John Carpenter films, but I can't watch his horror films. <laughs> so, so, so the old uh, um, uh, Escape from New York, uh, Assault on Precinct Fly. Thirteen, yeah, those are those are brilliant. Love them. But Ken watches horror stuff. No, not for me. Thank you very much. Do you know the um, creepiest thing about Halloween, well, apart from the uh, mindless stabbing and violence, is it's just the moment, it's, and it's great tension, it's really good build-up. Um, it's the way he's, they look out the window and he's just standing there, sort of behind the, sort of the, uh, the washing outside in the garden. And then obviously it's classic. She looks back, looks away again, comes back and he's gone. Where is he? <laughs> you know, I, I'm too terrified to even talk about it honestly so you'd, you'd look and then probably scream and hide wouldn't you I would like you know in horror movies when they say why does a person always leave the house you know why would you go outside I wouldn't go outside I'd lock that <laughs> i literally lock the door and hide and phone people and yeah, but that's the problem you see you, you'd have is that you'd be, you, the mistake you'd make there is you'd hide and probably do the, the classic thing you'd hide in a cupboard <laughs> <laughs> and then the person would break in obviously because they're going to get in and then you'd see them, just the shadow of the feet walking past you, which happens in Halloween. Right. And then you think you're safe because you hear the footsteps go away. And then they come back. Come back. That, honestly. Big knife um, in the head. I mean, I'm having problems now. I, don't, I, don't, I just don't like them yet. No, never been able to watch uh, horror movies. Um, struggle with them. Didn't like Gremlins. <laughs> gremlins are Get out of it. Honestly, Gremlins are found a little bit too scary. Um, <laughs> So it's just, it's not my genre, let's oh, say. Gosh. I'm much happier with Star Wars. Oh, <laughs> no, killings, that's fine, that's okay. It's not real killing, is it? No, it's no laser gun and nobody mm. really dies. Well, it's science fiction, do. doesn't exist. It's fine. Exactly. exactly. Hey, listen, well, how, how are it's you coping not... without the, uh, with the Halloween then? What, what, what will take your mind off it? Well, there's only one thing, and uh, we've got a little thing tuned for that. Booze talk, booze talk, what you drinking tonight? Okay, so here in the art house, they have a fine selection of uh, of beers. Um, the uh, the one that we wanted on tap, but the one on tap wasn't actually working. Um, but that's okay. Uh, so we started off with a meantime parallel, and now uh, which is a firm favourite on this podcast, meantime oh, parallel. Oh, yeah. If you oh, wish yeah. to sponsor, um, always up for free stuff. Ice buckets. <laughs> <laughs> I've got an ice bucket now. I don't want one. <laughs> Unless it's, unless it's really good um, with ice but now we're on the Beavertown uh, Neko Session IPA uh, it's, I find this a bit um, I like it but it's uh, it, it doesn't half hit you around the face when you yeah when that's the problem I'm trying to not go for the 5.400 percenters which is what, uh, what yeah. is this? this is no this is 5 point no it's 4.3 Okay, 4.3 session. Okay, it's not it's too bad. A, Neko is a session one, but I find it, like, it does grab you by the scruff of the neck and go, you're drunk now. Yeah, it's a good point. A few of them. Mind you, most beers do that after a few, but this, this that, one That is a good point as well. That's a nice one. I like the design of it as well. Mm. I'm a really big fan of... Uh, I do go for visuals probably first. Well, they go first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, so, no, not my vision. <laughs> my vision goes probably like the last thing to go, after the legs. No, it's, it's, cool, good, it's a good it? looking yeah, bit. It's, it's really it's, cool. It, it, it looks cool. Well. It's nice. Um, 
it's quite themed as well, the skull. Mm. And it's nice to get it in a, you know, you get it in a pint, you get it in a can. I like it when they do the, we were talking about this on one of the other podcasts, when you get it in a 330ml. Yes. Uh, the little bottles. Um, because it just, I feel like I can drink a few different ones, taste mm. them out, and not get completely obliterated and end up crawling home licking the floor or whatever that's a good point that's um, a good point I think on that note on that we're going to have to end yeah. <laughs> end the boost um, on that note we'll talk about some music okay so look I'm going to roll for you Jim you ready and also got the dice he's got the dice uh, I've got the dice so can we find five better than the monster mash I think we might be so, <laughs> I think we can this, so obviously the theme's Halloween anything, anything and there's some obvious ones which will go with mm. uh, the Halloween kind of uh, festive kind of season but we'll think there's some also some tenuous ones no doubt yeah yeah definitely and just as a reminder um we we don't have the uh with the every we we everything might fit into a category we just number our yeah we just number them for the sake of numbering um and uh and see where we go from there just to just to give a a choice okay go okay on now. okay i'm rolling for you jimbo here we go number five, number five. what do you got on your list number five fun fun uh, right, okay. Um, going in, going in big. Oh. Number five, which is good. Um, uh, I've been listening to this band quite a lot on the way to work at the moment, and uh, I love them. And uh, I know a friend of the show, Paul Lagerdak, is a really big fan of this band. It's Talking Heads with Psycho Killer. So let's have a listen. <laughs> Psycho killer, talking heads, uh, Halloweeny, quite obvious. Some psychos trying to kill everybody. Uh, it doesn't doesn't really mention Halloween, but I don't think it needs to because it's such a good song, and that's not the point of the podcast. So back off. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was I was first introduced to this song. Um, it's probably so it's probably a memory song, I guess, um, but also I would argue musically better as well. Um, I was introduced to this song in uh, a pub in Southampton called... No, a pub in Portsmouth, sorry, called The Jailhouse. And they used to have a guy that used to play there. Um, he, it was basically one bloke and his guitar. Um, and uh, he used to play uh, um, uh, songs on his guitar and we'd all stand there singing along, uh, you know, uh, Daydream Believer and stuff like that. And this was where I was first introduced to Psycho Killer and I loved it so much. They had to go out and buy the Talking Heads albums, and uh, I, I kind of backtracked. And it's mm. that, it, 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 that that uh, the album that it comes off when it starts, and it's just like it's it's that kind of it's it's very, very Al Jolson at the start, isn't it? It's like hello, is this thing on? And he's yeah, good. Yeah, David yeah. Burns just kind of talking into the um, into the into the microphone, and then uh, and then the, the the bass just starts, and then and. That that bass is it draws you straight in. Um, <coughs> it also uh, uses a very good sorry, sorry no, go it uses on. the uh, it uses a foreign language in a song very mm. well. Kescasay. Oh, I love Kescasay in that. Song. Yeah, really good. I think I think he's great. I think he's a good lyricist, Stanley. I think yeah. he's, he's I think he's a really good frontman. Yeah, talking heads were massive, weren't they? And didn't yeah. didn't was it, did he just kind of call quits with it and then sort of stop at some point? Like when they were probably 
they probably could have gone on and on. I think um, so. I mean, I think they just sort of they were quite art house, weren't mm. they? So they they did just kind of do that. I do remember um, uh, when he when he came, when he did that comeback with uh, that song Lazy. Oh yeah, and yeah, yeah. Thought, and, it, and it was it was an all right song, but I don't like his. I like that song actually. I've got to be honest see, with you. I did like. I that didn't song. think they used his vocals well enough. I think it, something like Psycho Killer. He has such an interesting vocal. He has such an interesting range. He has an, such an interesting storytelling. Mm. Uh, but I feel for that song, he sounded more like an Ian Curtis kind of type singer. Yeah, but that's what I didn't like. No, I mean for Psycho Killer, for, but for Lazy, I think he sounded more. I don't know. He sounded a bit more like Brian Ferry. I'm not saying he is Brian Ferry. No, but, but I think he's a yeah, different style. Like, in a, and one of the ones I listen to on, on the bike in the mornings at the moment is uh, Road to Nowhere. Mm. And there's that bit where he's just like, hey, hey. Yeah. And he just, like, it, it just goes. And it just and I don't think he was given the opportunity to do that in um, in Lazy. He sounds a bit also, sorry, <laughs> because I saw him today on TV. Johnny, is it Johnny Burrell from Razorlight? He's got yeah, a very yeah. similar sounding yeah, voice yeah, to yeah. Dave Byrne. Um, I think it's great. It's, it, I mean, it's a great tune, Psycho Killer. Also, getting away with the fact of having a word called Psycho and Killer in a title. Yeah. <laughs> and it's still kind of charting. Although I think it didn't chart very high, but um, it's one of the iconic songs, isn't it? Yeah, it's one, of the, it's, it's one of their best. And it's, it, I mean, it's that bass line just drives it all yeah. the way through, doesn't it? Um. Um, well, obviously better. <laughs> <laughs> David... Boris Byrne. <laughs> David, David, David Boris Byrne. Uh, um, yeah. He, he stuck it to him there, definitely. I mean, good. It's a good choose. If Psycho Killer isn't in your top 100. No, it's definitely, it's definitely, it's, it's a banging tune. So, yeah, sorry, David Byrne. Uh, or oh, sorry, Boris, sorry. Yeah, Boris. Not sorry to David. No, sorry oh, to David. You can't kill me, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that, well, that was a, that was an easy start, a good number to start with, a good song to start with, and kick, kicked it in the top bins. Right. <laughs> top, top bins? You're turning to smash it and icy. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> I've never heard that expression, top bins. I mean, you don't, yeah. watch, you don't watch enough Sky Sports. That's your problem. Clearly, top bins is the new youthful oh, phrase for top corner Scott, um, sports Saturday thing is it I don't know I've what's heard, it called basically I've heard the kids at school say it <laughs> so <laughs> just I don't know how to do that in um, sport on Saturday something like that yeah they, have to yeah. Kick, they kick it oh, I don't know they kick a ball there's probably a bin somewhere yeah, but, but, but top bins in yeah like the lads I play football with on a Thursday if someone kicks it so it's top bins okay so I'm going to roll for you guys <laughs> They're so close. <laughs> this is me shaking the dice. Two. Ooh, two. Now this is a good one because this isn't. This is top draw. Top, top bins. Top <laughs> this is top draw. But also, I think it's very apt being in the art house cinema uh, and having mentioned the film already. This is a piece of music from a film, and this is a <laughs> fantastic composer's name by the way, Bernard Herrmann, uh, and he is the composer of. And worked with Alfred Hitchcock a lot, and he wrote the Psycho theme. Oh, let's have a listen. Mm. 
during the, uh, the piece of music, Jim and I were arguing, and he said, is that actually a song? And I, I think I quite clearly explained that that is a piece of music, and it's about finding five better pieces of music, even though we said songs right at the beginning, damn, damn. Um, and we all... We, we all I, I've written <laughs> my own piece of music. <laughs> well, you're not Bernard Herrmann, are you? Clearly. Um, what we, if it, I think Jaws is probably the closest in terms of musicality. Musically, this comes... It's so iconic. Well? I haven't got Jaws, no. Mm. No. Good. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's still better, though. Um, this, this is obviously... I'm talking about the moment when in the shower scene, when obviously the knife attack by... Um, Mother <laughs> comes in and kills um, Janet Lee. They look of, at him and think he couldn't even bird a fly. Speaking of uh, Halloween with Jamie Lee Curtis, her mum Janet Lee is, is the woman who gets killed in the shower. Uh, and I think actually <laughs> she slipped on the soap, did she? <laughs> yeah, it's the nun joke. Where's the soap? Um, yeah, it does, doesn't it? Sorry. Uh, did you know Alfred Hitchcock sorry, didn't want anything played during that whole scene? He, did, he wanted it completely silent, which actually I think could have still worked. But as soon as it would, it, have, improved, <laughs> would have improved this podcast. <laughs> what, just like one hour of silence. <laughs> this piece of music is iconic. I don't care what you say. It the is. string, the way the strings actually are, are I can't, and there's got to be a word which describes the action the piece of music is doing. Mm. Um, I don't want to use the word symbolic, it's not the right word, but. Um, uh, I suppose uh, it is, uh, isn't it's, it? It's, it's, it's um, uh, on, you're the English teacher, you must know. It's um, like, isn't it something like metaphor? Is it it's a metaphor not, or. Uh, I want to say um, morph. Like, oh. It's, like, the, the, it's, it's a, like a personification. Yeah, type, the music is personifying what's it? happening. I mean, the screeching uh, string sounds are the, the sort of the swing and the, the, yeah. the sweep of the, the knife. It would be, it would the be like pathetic fallacy with That's the, the weather, one, yeah. isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, it's the same thing. So it, it works perfectly in tandem. And that whole soundtrack, and particularly the opening soundtrack for Psycho, um, <clears throat> I mean, you said about being scared. That that Just that alone sends sort of shivers down my spine, hearing that piece of music. Mm. Never um, seen the film, to be honest. I know all about it. You've never seen it? But can't watch it. <laughs> <laughs> so you've heard the music, you know what the film's about, but you've yep. never seen it, yep. the film. Yep. And you, a film buff. Yep. A, t- a TV wa- a watcher of TV. And a media teacher. <laughs> <sighs> we steer clear of horror on the curriculum. I bet you bloody do. Jeez. Um, yeah, I, I, personally, I don't think... If we're looking at Halloween and we're thinking about songs associated with Halloween, and we're, we're, you are mentioning things like Psycho Killer... As a, as a musical song mm. uh, linked to Halloween, I think this piece of music is synonymous with horror and therefore it has to go in, certainly up against Monster Mash by Boris and the, the Pickets. <laughs> What's your view, Jim? I know, I know you, didn't, you disagree with the film, the I got film, but <clears throat> what do you I'm, think? What I'm struggling with here is that... <laughs> I mean, you cannot say. <laughs> Jim, come back. <laughs> That's the bit. That's the bit there. When she's on the floor. And that pan off. I mean, you must have made Begging it. Begging for a song they pan to be out, They pan out. Just a pan out of the eye, isn't it? The iris. Don't know. Never seen it. Oh, um, look. Stop. <laughs> 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 what do you think, Jim? Go on. I, I know it's slight, I'm, I'm probably bending the five better podcast rules that's slightly. Where, that's where I'm struggling. That, that's where 
am I going to deny that it is a better constructed piece of music? No. Does it? <laughs> the more you try and terrify me into this, the less, the less it's going to happen. I mean, <clears throat> I don't know. Jeez, <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm literally trying to... It's so creepy. Gone. It. It's. Is it. Is it enough? It's definitely enough. Is it enough? It evokes. It evokes horror. It evokes kind of the. Uh, well, it evokes obviously the, the film itself. Again, if you played that, just like opening kind of like three screeches, three notes being played on the violin, you like George, you instantly recognise it. Call me a. It's the emotion of it, Jim. Me a, come on, come back to the emotion Call me a member of the Hits Factory. <laughs> but I think pop songs should be three minutes and 30 seconds. Well, pop songs are. We're, not, we're talking about kind of pieces of music here. I mean, you did Fairy Elsie or Fairy Elsie <laughs> at the end of season one. But Fairy Elsie, at least. Yeah, look, because it had a melody and it was written purely for piano, particularly. But it was a song that people would want to listen to. You would want to see... You, I, but you I, would could, listen, I would go to a Herman... Yeah, but who wouldn't? But would you sit at home and play go, the album? Do you know what? I'm going to put the Psycho album. No, but I'll play, I have played and I have played the Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> yeah, the Silence of the Lambs um, album. But that's got, has that got songs on it? No, just, no, no, it's just got pieces of music. Sit and you just sat home and listened yeah. to it? Yeah, yeah. Haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> no. I'm a big no, fan no, of film no, soundtracks. No, I'm sorry, no, I think this is, no. this is the issue we've kind of no, got. this is where we, this is where we have, this is where I, uh, uh, this is where I'm torn because I I do sit at home uh, and at night uh, sometimes if I can't sleep I'll stick on uh, Sergio Leone um, uh, the things like the, ma- yeah, yeah. the madness of gold from the good of Emily yeah. me, um, or uh, whatever it is certainly the fistful of dollars few dollars more um, <clears throat> and I suppose <laughs> And I suppose, I don't know whether you can keep hearing this, but it keeps appearing on guy, Guy's phone. But I suppose... Ten, se- ten seconds. <laughs> you made me lose my train of thought. I was actually going to argue for it then. You made me lose my train of thought. I suppose that ultimately in those sorts of instances they are they, like with Leone it is a piece of music and you would go and listen to it yeah. and you can and uh, that's what I was going to say sorry if I was really interrupted by you playing, playing your flipping <laughs> phone is that you could argue that um, that's uh, jazz you, like some 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 kind of elements of jazz that you would listen to if you listen to a jazz album like real freeform jazz album you might have a section that was kind of played like that so you know it kind of just comes in and also uh, someone who's a big lover of the KLF uh, the Chill Out album yeah 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 yeah. has lots of songs that are just well instrumental tracks I mean particularly instrumental tracks I I, I but that's what I mean by that's what I mean by jazz it's not so much that it's it's instrumental but it's just kind of really abstract yeah so you could listen to uh, you know 
some of those old jazz albums where they just really lose it and it's just a bit weird. Um, so are you saying so, it, is, it is better? Than so Mash? I'm saying it's better than Mark's Mash. Okay. That, that goes without okay. saying. My issue doesn't qualify, but I think we can qualify it. We can as, open it up. I we? think, but well, I think you know, music is music, isn't it? <laughs> Two nil, two nil. Oh, Christ, sorry, fell the chair. Uh, two nil to um, to us, to us. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, Bobby. Um, okay, here we go. And roll for your gym boat. Uh, number two that I had. Number two for you. Two for me. Two for me. Okay, good. Well, this is uh, my mum's favourite, the granny's favourite. <gasps> I'm going big. The oh. mighty oh. Cliff Richard, Devil Woman. Much maligned, Sir Cliff, Sir Cliff, Heathcliff. Um, he did actually do a musical of uh, Wuthering Heights, didn't he? Where he, he did, he Heathcliff. did. Brilliant. The, the least convincing <coughs> impression of a man since Baldrick and Badger up from the curtain. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but he was a woman. You know, a devil he's, woman. Uh, he's, he's, he's done it all. He's, uh, he's been impersonated by uh, Eddie Large. Which uh, puts you right at the top. God, God it's 30 minutes. We've referenced the 80s. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, but look, I, I'm going to throw it out there. I mm. like Cliff Richard. Um, oh, Jesus, you have got <clears> it out there. I mean, that's right top bins, that, that is. That is top bins. That's uh, <laughs> it's a piece of music. Um, it's, it's stretching it. Um, but I, I like Cliff I don't like all of Cliff Richard. But then I don't like all of artists that have had a long um, had longevity in the mm. music business. I don't I don't have to like all their songs. But I think uh, I think Chris uh, Chris Cliff <laughs> and his brother Chris is very much underrated in the music industry, uh, or but not by in the music industry. Sorry, by younger people because they remember Mistletoe and Wine and the Millennium. Press, yeah, yeah, which. I'm sorry, I love you, Cliff, but they were awful. Um, but he was famous for having, <coughs> like, a, well, he's been famous for years, but, like, for having a song in every decade mm. since he started in the 50s, wasn't it? Late yeah, 50s? Yeah. I and mean, what, it was bigger than that. It was like, it was like what, the British Elvis, exactly. wasn't it? Exactly. What people don't remember with Cliff Richard was, if it wasn't for him, British music wouldn't, wouldn't have taken that turn. He came in and was the British Elvis, mm. and, uh, you know, okay, he went a bit kind of... Uh, peachy keen as they would say in America mm. didn't he and that kind of uh, everything's lovely and but it's some brilliant brilliant songs and you know uh, I mean when you when you think of the alternative comics of the 80s who when they did the first real charity record was the young ones with yeah, Cliff Richard yeah, doing yeah, Living yeah. Doll, Living Doll yeah. and they, you know they were he was able to be part of that because he didn't mind poking fun at himself and uh, things like that but Ultimately, some of his songs are really good. And Devil Woman is really good. I mean, okay, his dancing in the video is a bit... Um, but, but Michael Jackson did The Claws for Thriller. Yeah, and everyone, yeah. everyone loved it. Cliff Richard did Devil Woman. And then, you know, he's... Uh, uh, but all of that, all of that era is really forgotten. You know, Devil Woman, Wired for Sound, really, really good songs and good, good songs of the time. Yes, and, and also, it was released just not—I uh, think it's like just slightly after, maybe a year, 
or so after, then um, Psycho Killer as well. Yeah. Yeah, wow. It's quite a... It's quite an eclectic era, wasn't it? <laughs> in the 70s. And also, but also, I think for a lot of us, you know, the, the, the joke in our house was to buy my mum the Cliff Richard calendar for Christmas because she loved Cliff Richard. Yeah, your mum and probably my mum are, <coughs> are just ripe for yeah. the Cliff Richard kind of fan club, aren't they? Because he, he, I think probably when, cal- when calendars were the sort of the thing to get at Christmas. Yeah. Not so much now, I don't think. Oh, I still um, get my mum the Cliff Richard calendar. <laughs> but but like, everyone had a calendar, wasn't it? And it, it should, yeah. It's definitely of that, that kind of um, age group. Yeah. Of our mum, sort of like seventies, late sixties now, sort of just, yeah, fancying him. That yeah. and sort of like Jimmy Connors. Yeah, Jimmy Connors, <laughs> and well, they had the same haircut, yeah, didn't they? Yeah. But then bringing up Jimmy Connors, everyone slates Cliff for that Wimbledon sing along. You know when he was. Yeah, yeah, rain. yeah. No, late nineties. I'll it? tell you what, that man stood up on a court, being given a microphone, and held held a tune with every song that he sang. And was not out of tune and did not sound awful. No. Um, so it might be a bit cheesy and it might be a bit... But you can't help but love Cliff. And I think he went through a lot recently and he was actually proved to be innocent, thank God, because yeah, God, yeah, yeah. like, God knows what the elderly generation would have done with themselves if he'd have been found guilty. Do you know what? There's a, sorry, there's a, sorry, there's a little <coughs> side here. There's a woman at work who works in the Reprographics office uh, and she's very typical kind of East London... Uh, well, Londoner. She's probably about... 70 old, 71, 72, she's all done up, sort of beehive kind of hair, mm. obviously slightly uh, dyed, I reckon, by the looks of it, and sort of like she's always done up like lipstick on, and it was pretty good for her age. She's got pictures of her grandkids on the mm. wall, and she's got an old tape player where she plays, this is like Capital, like the, whatever the gold station is in London. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> next to the pictures of her kids, a picture of Biff Richard. Why wouldn't you? She loves him. She's laminated it as well, bless her. Well, she had to. She didn't have a choice, really. Didn't have a choice. It's part of the job, isn't it? <laughs> you know. But it's true. I think, you know, I think he's, he's underrated because he became seen as this kind of bit of a joke figure. But you, you can't, you know, move it. Uh, Wired for Sound is such a good album and people just forget about it. And I, I think that's why you can't go without a bit of Cliff. It's the first time he's really appeared on, uh, I think it is. I think because we tend to shy away. Well, I don't not shy away deliberately, but like because of because it's considered quite cheesy. But I mean, we've, we've chosen mm. kind of a few kind of kitsch. I mean, yeah. kind of like kitsch isn't the problem. We try and go no. left field. That's yeah. often the. Uh, I suppose Cliff Richard's considered a bit corny, isn't he? I mean, yeah. he did some great work with the shadows and Hank Marvin. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, and he's still, he's still, still hungry. <laughs> <laughs> he's starving. He's still <laughs> walking around. <laughs> skinny, <laughs> so skinny. Top bin. Uh, Will you, will you stop ripping into my effort to be young and cool like, and try and yeah. reach a different audience? So, so, sorry, 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 Cliff Richard. Bring us to the table. Exactly. <laughs> I, want, I want a podcast in every century, no, every <laughs> decade for the next 10 years. Well, I think you're going to succeed. Um, that would be top bins. That would be top bins. I think Cliff Richard is top bins. He is. I think he is... I think this song particularly is definitely better than Monster Mash. Mm. So we're going to go to hat trick for top it's bins. Hat trick, top bins. <laughs> All, all of the bins. <laughs> Taking the bins out. It's bin day. <laughs> I think bin, bin done. <laughs> okay, there we go. So, right, it's me rolling for you, Guy. We haven't had this song in. for a couple on the podcast. Roll for you. Sit around for you. We haven't, we haven't done nearly enough spooky things throughout the podcast. I can, I can overdub some sort of... Well, you'll probably end up crapping yourself, so what do you... What was that? What's that? I think we're being watched. <laughs> <laughs>
What's the What's the one in the black which project project with the Josh? Oh, no. this snotty nose when she's in the camera. But uh, again, oh, I've yeah. only seen snippets of it, not have seen you, the whole you, film. Have you, seen, you must have seen Blair Witch. <laughs> no. Oh, Jesus Christ. We're finding something new about you today, Jim. I'm not, I'm not overly happy with this. Right, okay. Don't Here throw, we go. Throw the living daylights out of you. Uno. Ah, oh, number one. This is a great tune. Uh, and I think well, one, definitely a classic, uh, definitely an icon. This is Nina Simone singing I Put a Spell on You. You better stop the things you do This is a great song. I'll tell you why. This is better than the original song, which uh, the original version of the song, which is written by... Uh, Jay, no, no, <laughs> by Screaming Jay Hawkins the fifth, oh, yeah. in the 50s. Yeah. So I put a spell on it was recording. I, I listened to the original and it's, it sounds a little... Not too dissimilar to sort of Monster Mash in terms of it's kind of... It's, it's a bit rock and roll-y. And you know when a song you hear, you go, yeah, that desperate needs to be changed around. The song's all over the place. So it's, it's, <laughs> I was working on a spell late at night. And then I decided to put a spell on you. Um, and this song's been covered a lot, but I, I think, personally, Nina Simone's version is definitely the definitive one. Uh, another one who oozes talent. I mean, I think I, I, the only regret I don't have is that uh, I've never got to saw her play live. And I think mm. there's a few artists, uh, and both alive and dead, I, I still want to see Paul McCartney. Mm. Um, poor he kind of like he's another departs. one that suffers Cliff Richard syndrome doesn't he he's, uh, little bit but, but probably he's I think he's, slightly, he's more Premier, Premier League to Cliff sort of yeah, league, yeah, league one league but two he's, probably he's but. Kind of, but if it wasn't for Cliff Macca wouldn't maybe not no no I'm sure they probably talk to each but, other uh, but I think yeah Macca well Macca's fault is he survived didn't he that's uh, yeah yeah exactly yeah and actually his late, oh, his late, his latest album uh, Egypt Station it's really good Definitely. I did like everybody. Everybody's going to walk around. But we digress anyway. Yeah, we'll so do, yeah. we'll, do, we'll do something on Mecca another day. Um, haunting string. I, I, obviously, I'm a big fan of my strings, <clears> as, <throat> as you heard earlier with uh, Bernard Herrmann. Uh, great string intro. Um, her voice is it's just so... It's just class, isn't it? It's pure class. I mean, it's so velvety, so rich. Um, and... Is it her best song she's ever sung? I mean, she, sung, she sings a lot of covers. I mean, this is... A, Again, I told you it was a cover by Screaming Jay Hawkins. I like the version she did of actually linked to the Beatles of, of Here Comes the Sun, the George Harrison yeah, yeah, song. No, that's I mean, another, really I, again, I think a cover version that probably, I think we mentioned Jimi Hendrix and uh, the Bob Dylan song all on the Watchtower in the episode or two ago. Um, that version of Here Comes the Sun, I think, is, is, is definitely up there with the original. Yeah. And I think this song is better than the original. I put a spell on you. Yeah, I, do, I t- totally agree. I had this one in there as well. Uh, um, I think that. Um, the other thing you've got to remember with someone like Nina Simone and, and saying cover version is when she was like just coming through uh, and, and kind of entering the music business, everybody covered. Yeah, well, particularly if you're that artist, <coughs> which you, you could consider in yeah. the, the jazz genre. But all those singers had to cover. Yeah, they covered all those covered songs. Everybody, everybody, yeah, everybody exactly. covered. Someone wrote a song, 
and then other people covered it and, and that was it was good for the songwriter it yeah, was good for yeah. the artist coming through so um, um, I think it's just you know the way that we look at music now is and it, also is I think probably saying sorry saying it as a cover is probably dis, is a disrespectful I think probably it's probably an interpretation yeah yeah um, uh, and certainly she has got the, a mastering of the do do do's she's I mean uh, particularly in this song where she's do 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 I think it's brilliant where she does that I think a lot of people our age bumped into Nina Simone when she when they re-released um, My Baby Just Cares For mm. Me, uh, which was on one of the Now That's What I Call Music albums, yeah, wasn't yeah. it? And, you know, that that's when we first introduced it. I just remember hearing that and thinking, oh, my God, where's that voice come yeah. from? What, what? And that was, well... As we've mentioned on this podcast, I'm, I'm a big soul man. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So for me, Nina Simone. I mean, I know, think she's, she's mentioned the same sort of <coughs> breath as uh, Aretha Marvin Franklin. Gaye, Aretha Franklin, yeah. R.O.P. R.O.P., yeah. Um, um, you know, Sam Cooke, uh, Aitish Redding, all of that kind of interesting, creamy voices yeah. that just really do, uh, do everything for a song. Um, and she could sing, and, and she could also play the piano. Yeah. It really and I think that's, that's um, one of my friends once said that he went went the best like he was a big he was the one who took me to the jailhouse actually Uh, well it wasn't him it was a friend of there were a couple of guys a guy that took me to the jailhouse was a friend of this guy who I actually weirdly went to school with anyway bizarre I don't want to just in case they ever listen I don't want them to think I'm making it all up Um, but this guy Gary uh, who was into some serious heavy metal uh, one night I saw him uh, at a heavy metal um, bar jump up on his friend wrestling to the floor and start biting his head Um, but he said the greatest uh, concert he ever went to was Tori Amos and it was Tori Amos on her own with a piano and if you can take that one instrument and grip an entire yeah, yeah, yeah. audience that says a lot about what you what you bring. I think Nina Simone could always do that. She always um, did. I mean, you watched the, some of the, even some of the yeah. later footage before she died. Um, she didn't particularly very well. She could still yeah. hold. She could still hold a, cap, a captive audience. Yeah, and um, I, th- I think there's there's a melancholy in her voice that that mm. really resonates and and makes it uh, makes it just beautiful to listen to. So, so yeah. I, well, there you go. I think I put a spell on you. I think it's definitely. Uh, I mean, I, if not, I it's not just it. about being a better song than um, what's to mash. I think it's just one of the, the most iconic songs, probably of her, of her career and of all time. Yeah, and I, I had this as well, and yeah. I, you couldn't, I couldn't argue with you against it. I think it's a great song, and um, poor old Bobby Boris. Get a bit of a shoe in. Whatever his name is, <laughs> he is basically he's got no bins at the moment, and uh, he's. Been, he took a hefty two-footed challenge on the halfway line that the referee didn't even see. So well, it's four nil either way. Four ha- nil. However you want to look it, it's four <coughs> nil. Top bins. Oh, there we go. Four nil. We've nearly. Have we had five better ever at all? Have Don't think so. We, no, we've we've had four one. I think. Four if one. we get five, we have to cancel the podcast. Well, <laughs> we can just we can just scrap it, can't we? We scrap the episode. We have no. to go six better. <laughs> Six better, okay. Here we go. Well, the moment it's four, so we'll see. Let's, let's roll it. One last time, let's roll with this dice. And you've got number five. What do you got? I think I've had five before. Oh, okay. Number four. Four. Okay, good. Four is a good one. Both of us have a, have a love for South American music. Um, we've been to see a few bands. 
who played Nissa Band that I picked uh, picked up, I saw them being interviewed on something, um, might even be on our nemesis, the BBC, a few <coughs> years ago. And um, so it's a great song, it's by a uh, Mexican duo called Rodrigo y Gabriela, and it's their Diablo Rojo. basically them and two Spanish guitars mm. and he's very good with the um, the kind of melody and things like that mm -hmm. but what she does which uh, is amazing is she basically does all the drum beats on the guitar and plays at the same time yeah, she's she does all she? the mm. she does all the percussion um, and is still playing as well at the same time and it's, it's quite fantastic to watch um, they're a band I would love to see live um, but obviously very difficult to get tickets for uh, and the, the, like I love the way she just drives the track this for me is one of their best it's been used on a number of ads and things like that people have really picked up on it in the last sort of three or four years um, but yeah it's just that, that like it just epitomises um, they, they're kind of like a hard rock Spanish guitar, aren't they? And uh, they certainly make enough sound, don't they, mm. for, like, for, the, for the duo? <coughs> don't they? They're, they're very good at that. Um, certainly got that sort of flamenco vibe to it, isn't it? Mm. Um, and it reminds me a bit of the Gypsy. I think I saw the Gypsy Kings about ten or so years ago at Kenwood House. But um, yeah, it's a, it's a real sort of energy and a drive mm. to it, isn't it? Which I, I think is great. I mean, that kind of music, as you said earlier, when we <coughs> went to sort of South America. Um, that whole sort of like just a flamenco kind of Latin-y vibe it, it really yeah something about it it's quite it, it's very timeless isn't it mm. um, particularly when it's done so well and they're, they're playing in such kind of like real skill uh, yeah it's really impressive um, again a piece of music is it I mean it's definitely musically better Diablo Rojo as you so beautifully pronounced how, how is it sort of linked? Apart from by name, is that what it is? <clears throat> well, that's the name of the song, isn't it? But I think it's like um, that kind of driving of the drumbeat and the, and the flamenco. It's the kind of seductiveness of the devil with it. Okay. Yeah, I suppose um, it's got kind of the idea of spirit mm. being um, yeah. summed up, maybe. It's kind of ritualistic. Okay, that's fine. That's especially all, that's in, like, especially in, in like the Mexican uh, Day of the Dead sort of thing. Yeah, you can imagine yeah. that song being really, like, really hammered on... Um, Actually, there you go. That's fine. I was just trying to find... I couldn't find... Quite, I couldn't quite see the link, personally, but um, apart from the name, I get that. Mm. Is it Cinque Uno? Cinque Zero, sorry. I think it might be Cinque Zero. <laughs> I think Boris Betty Carlo thought it was going Boris Becker. <laughs> better, better turn it down. Make it too much of a racket. Um, that's it. It's five. Five nil. All over. Thank you, Rodrigo Gabriela. Gracias. And um, sorry, Boris. Sorry, Boris, you've blown it. 
That's I it. think I've got to be honest. I think this was a, the song we picked was a particularly easy one to. It uh, was an easy one, but it was the iconic one. So mm. I felt I felt like we couldn't really. There's only there's probably about three or four you probably could have picked alongside that. But yeah. we both had that same. <clears throat> both had the same tour, didn't we? Was that mm. be our main song before we'd even discussed? I mean, uh, the only other together. big song I thought could have been the lead song would have been Thriller by uh, MJ. Thriller would have easily wiped the floor with this. <laughs> it's brilliant. I mean, it really is. It's brilliant. I mean, it's got and it's got the video, it's got the John Landis kind of video with it as well. So yeah, um, the whole Still, package. Not a big fan of it, but <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> Just uh, me. <laughs> uh, any other near misses? Then what did you have? Because I, I had a few. Obviously, Thriller we've mentioned there. I had a really obscure one. Um, I had one by a band called Squill Nut Zippers. I'd never heard them before, before I did a bit of research. Uh, and the song was called Hell. Now, again, they're a little bit kind of one foot with a Rodrigo Gabriela, kind of like that kind of gypsy kind of feel to it, kind of, um, mm. kind of Gogol Bordello-esque, kind yeah. of real fun kind of vibe to them. Their, their song called Hell, I thought was really, really interesting. Again, I'd never heard that band before, but that's one, one track I have. What did you have, Jim? What else? I had some, I had some ones that I really love. Um, Werewolves of London. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, ooh. Yeah. It's that, oh, it sounds like Sweet Home. Is it Sweet Home Alabama? Alabama, very much mm. so, yeah, yeah, and, pretty um, much. But I love the... the Werewolves of London. <laughs> uh, you know, that's, it's, it's brilliant to listen to. I think uh, he had Warren Zevon, or was even, had, a, had the sort of same fate as Bobby Boris uh, Pickett, didn't he? That was his main song that everyone knows him for. Yeah. Um, I had... Um, we make, and it's mentioned in the title track of Monster Mash Bella Lugosi you have Bella Lugosi's Dead by Bauhaus yeah Northampton Shears Finest well worth a shout for um, friend of the show Paul, Paul Lagadette for that of course who um, yeah. introduced me to this song and uh, it's a wonderful song great song great tune um, I had a song called Witch's Rave by Jeff Buckley Jeff Buckley I love he's not been mentioned at all yet I don't think in the podcast no. um, surprisingly so I, he was on my list of numbers so I could, we could have uh, could have had, but yeah, good, good. Not his greatest trap, but I think good song. I had a real left, left field one. I had Unchained Melody because that's from Ghost. Ah, well, it's a bit tenuous, but I think still, yeah, yeah, good song. Not sure how I feel about that because that's one of the songs of rather like Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, sort of same sort mm. of era that kind of you got sick to death of <clears throat> Brian Adams' song within that film and also the film itself. I was sick of watching it. Um, I'm sure I assumed you watched that. There's a bit of death in it. <laughs> Robin Hood, I could deal with. Okay. Um, Unchained Melody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That could have worked. I also had Zombie by the Cranberries. Zombie by the Cranberries. I did think about that. Yeah. R.I.P. Dolores. Indeed. Killing Moon. Killing. I love the Killing Moon. Echo and the Bunnymen. Echo and the Bunnymen were managed by. Bill Drummond, oh. no, uh, yeah, Bill Drummond from the KLF, KLF yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, who are, if we haven't worked out in this podcast already, one of my favourite <laughs> bands. Um, but in his, uh, in, uh, I think it's in his book Forty Five. He talks about when he was managing them, and uh, he, um, they were getting into all like the ley lines around the country, and mm-hmm. that was a real thing. And he was a big part of the artwork that was. Um, this rabbit called Echo that was following the bunny men around in a lot of their um, um, 
it was records. No, it was yeah. but honestly, <laughs> Bill Drummond was completely barking mad, but brilliant at the same time. Adam's family again. A lot. I've got. I found a few songs that I thought mm-hmm. could have made it because of um, they're synonymous with TV or film, like Adam's Family, Rocket Horror Show, Twilight Zone. Mm-hmm. I think it's a classic piece of music. Adam's Family was also. You could have had MC Hammer's uh... Hammer. Yeah, yeah. He's one of our early episodes. We mentioned him. Um, even like Nightmare on Elm, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, Nightmare on um, Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah. The Danny Elfman composer did some great tunes for that. Um, Tubular Bells, obviously, for The Exorcist. They wouldn't yeah. have seen it, obviously. Spirit in the Sky. Doctor Medic's version, obviously, not the original. I see. I, I'm a traditionalist, and nah. I love a bit of Norman Greenbaum. Um, a bit left field. My, one of my daughter, my daughter mentioned this. Uh, she liked Little Mix, Black Magic. Oh yeah, uh, which yeah. actually is a pretty good song. It's a pretty good song, yeah. if not a little bit weird when they're talking about how they're gonna um, give someone a spell past casting potion, put them to sleep, and then well, just a little bit. Yeah, they're usually put them to sleep mostly, but like but uh, <laughs> uh, a bit, bit creepy. Could be a bit creepy. One that was on my list of numbers which didn't come up was a band called Space, Female and Species. Oh yeah, yeah. Which uh, again. Because we were Liverpool at the time of that era of 96. Yeah, I when saw they them were really, I, Well, I, saw, yeah. I think I saw them. Not, we probably, not with you, but I was there at the gig probably. We, we, uh, um, yeah. Was it Crazy House or probably? Or something, something like that. Something like that. Um, I great, had, um, great use of vibes as well. Uh, Don't Fear the Reaper. Ooh. Oh, it's always a, always a classic. The Blue Oyster Cult. Mm. But one of my favourite names of a band, Blue Oyster Cult. Really good name. Good name. I think nearly up there with Squirrel Nut Zipper. Yeah. Um, and Killer Queen, obviously. Wouldn't have gone in. <laughs> well there we go quite a few we could have had I actually think probably most of those would have, would have easily stuffed him mm. <laughs> I think top bins all the way <laughs> top bins top bins top out um, well there you go guys that was pretty good that's good that. did you have enjoyed that yeah that was a good one Halloween um, special well we're obviously we're, gear, we're going to gear up at some point towards Christmas which if you haven't if you're not sick of it by now in October you're going to be really bored of it by December and, uh, and my, uh, my Christmas song knowledge is uh is right up there. <laughs> is it right up there, like mistletoe and wine? It's right up there. Like, <laughs> I, listen, I know there ain't there ain't much about Christmas songs I don't know. Oh um, God! I think having, we're in having worked in Burger King and listened to them all uh, on repeat, and I love a Christmas song, me. Hey, listen, if you want to get in contact at Five Better Podcast, Twitter, Instagram, um, the usual kind of forums. Um, give us a shout. Let us know. And uh, yeah, any suggestions for the next kind of few episodes? We're, we're all ears. All right, nice one, Jimbo. It's good. Well done. Five yeah. nil, five better, and uh, we will see you soon. Yeah. Bye. Five better, five better, five better podcast. Five better, five better, five better podcast. <laughs>